Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Now tuned in to the mother Alright, alright, alright Yeah Hey, hey, hey It's Thursday Welcome to Last Chat, y'all Hey, see Hey, Alicia girl, how are you this Thursday evening? We actually got some nice weather today I can't you complain Actually, I was inside most, most of the day But it was nice, I think Oh, you know what? Don't tell nobody that no more. <laughs> you just play along with it. Be like, yes, child, wasn't it nice? It sure was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just go with it. Yep, just nod your head with it. Nod your head with it. Mm, yes, it was. <laughs> Welcome to Let's Chat, y'all. We had a fabulous show last night. If you did not get to listen to our show, make sure you head over to our archives here on blogtalk.com, or you can also catch us on any podcast app. Just put in Let's Chat with Miss Tony and Leisha and search it, and our shows will come up. You can also test us on iTunes as well. That's right. We go where you go. I like that, Leisha. Absolutely, I like that, I like that We go where you You go You like that? Yep, yep, I like that, I like that That's a good one too (laughs) Yeah, that's our little tune Hashtag we go where you go (laughs) 
That's right. That's right. <laughs> we appreciate you guys. We really do for always supporting us. We always have such a good time on this show. Tonight we have a very special show. We have a very special guest, author, producer, journalist, Georgia Dawkins is going to be on, kicking it with us in the chat room. So we are very excited mm-hmm. about that. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'm so excited about it as well. And speaking of last night's show, Lee's, you want to talk about some special guests? It was just full of special people last night, as it always what? is. But we had a great time. Make sure you hit those archives. We had the one and only Silk White. We had actor Vincent Roy and the beautiful Marcinay, I want to say. I think I said her name, Fran. Marcinay. Girl, uh-huh. we ended on a high note leash. I'm still reeling from last night's show. <laughs> it was so fun. And I'm telling y'all, y'all got to listen because y'all always know that he likes to give a fun question at the end. <laughs> and uh, I'll be telling people, just clutch your, clutch your pearls, go ahead and unclutch them. We apologize in advance because ain't no telling what she going to ask. But when I tell you, I felt like I was watching something on TV when Marcinae mm-hmm. broke out with her little excerpt. I was like, what channel was that on? Girl, it was the delivery leash, the way she delivered it. Yes. I'm like, I'm ready to tune in. <laughs> yeah, yes. I'm like, what soap opera is that? What show? What happened? That's a movie. That mm-hmm. was Acrimony too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, that it was, was really good. <laughs> That's true. That had that little flavor going. Man, I said, child, stop it. <laughs> so true, so true. So make sure you guys hit those archives. And while y'all in there, check out what else we got going on. Because our archives are full with so much talent and so much fun. We really do enjoy what we do. We have a good time here in the chat room. We try to give our guests as well as our listeners a great time when they come visit us. And uh, we take a lot away with it. So we hope you guys check out our archives. Just hit up any show. You will not be disappointed. Absolutely. And, you know, one thing we always like to do, we always like to let everybody know what's hot in the literary world. And make sure we mm-hmm. have a group. We actually have a group on Facebook called What's Hot in the Literary World and Hardcore Readers. Um, make sure you all join those groups. Oh, and um, WRP, uh, the Readers Retreat as well. But, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. we like to tell you guys what's hot, what's going on in the literary world, books, events, all that stuff, mm-hmm. because, that's what we do. Word of mouth mm-hmm. starts with us. So, if you are a reader, child, let me tell you, come a little closer. If you are not in Atlanta, June 9th through the 11th, you are not a reader, honey. Because everybody and anybody that you have read is going to be right here. Ain't that right, T? Absolutely, including your girls, Leisha and Tony. We're going to be out and about this summer doing our thing. So please come out and support us as well as have a great time. Meet some your favorite authors and meet some new authors, Leisha, because sometimes, you know, you may go there looking for one author and you end up meeting so many more and your library has just expanded. Absolutely. And so make sure you all check it out because it's, it's two events. Um, two fabulous ladies are putting on these events. It's going to be a Black Writers Weekend. Literally, you're going to have the AANBC Awards. I believe this is the 10th one. Um, uh-huh. That starts on the 9th as well. And then you have the um, African American 
Writers Expo? Is that what Atlanta it is? Expo. African-American Atlanta Expo. Mm-hmm. Another yes, great one. A, that's a fabulous Monique Hall, MVP Publishing. They're doing one. And AANBC, that is the fabulous Tamika Newhouse. She is doing one. Let me tell you all, every and any author you can think about is going to be right in Atlanta. You can go downtown mm-hmm. and sit down and have lunch. You don't know telling. You might be sitting next to Eric Jerome Dickey or something. I'm just saying, everybody <laughs> is coming. And, mm-hmm. you know, I like the AANBC Awards. Um, I do. I like what Tamika does with the awards. Last year we got to listen to uh, Nikki Giovanni speak. And had she mm-hmm. not really, like, bought her out like that, we wouldn't have been able to mm-hmm. experience her. And that's the best part about being a reader. That's really the best part about what we do here on Let's Chat. You know, we love to bring authors and readers together in a fun, friendly environment, but it's the experience. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's just the experience of being able to experience that author. A lot of times at book events, it's kind of like the, it's kind of like a drive-through. Mm-hmm. Take your hand, exactly. here's your book, I'm my book, all right, next. So you don't really get to experience that author. You know what I'm saying? Everything mm-hmm. is quick, quick, quick. You experience them on social media. Um, I remember there was a time that you couldn't experience authors like that on social media unless they were out on the road touring. But now you're able right. to meet and greet and experience those authors, but to be able to hear their passion and why they do right. what they do is a it's a fabulous, fabulous experience. And when I listened to her speak last year at the AANBC Awards, I was like, oh, my God, this is like the best experience because it was mm-hmm. it was everything to be able to listen to her uh, talk to us. Right. And she did. She talked to us. It was awesome. And, it um, was. It was. It really was. And that's the best part about being a reader. As a reader, you get to experience the author's passion and their pen when you read their words, when you read their books, depending on what they're Mm -hmm. writing on. You can feel their pen. But Mm -hmm. sometimes uh, author's books may not have, book or books may not have legs. It may not have that word of mouth that is created by readers just yet. So Mm -hmm. therefore, Mm -hmm. what that author has at that time is themselves. They have their personality which becomes mm-hmm. part of the eye candy. Your cover, your synopsis, all of that is part of the eye candy. Your title, mm-hmm. that's part of the eye candy in you because that draws people into who you are. And sometimes the passion of why you do what you do mm-hmm. brings people towards you. It makes people flock to you. Uh, it's what right. attracts to you. And um, shout out mm-hmm. to Keisha because she did a live, make sure y'all go check her replay, about social media marketing. Uh-huh. And was she, that today, Uh-huh. She was ex- explaining that you need to learn how to pitch your book. Now, uh-huh. this is from a reader. We went to the Harlem Book Fair a year before last. Was that the year before last, T? Yes. Okay, so we go to the Harlem Book Fair, right? And it was we got to meet tons of people, right? And so this lady... Um, she didn't just pitch her book. Now, that's the difference when you pitch your book and you just ramble off the synopsis. Mm-hmm. That's not pitching your book. By the time this lady got talking, got done talking, I was buying books. I was like, can I have this one? Or is this part two? <laughs> okay, wait, what's this part three? That will make a reader buy your, mm-hmm. your whole your whole vibe. And a, why mm-hmm. you have written this book and the story behind it, not just rattling off the synopsis. You have to really, really 
talk about your book, but not talk about it in mm-hmm. a way you're just um, throwing out a few words. You want to really, really talk about it like this is what I was writing, you know, this character mm-hmm. here, and what you really want readers to get from it. Mm-hmm. That's so true, and it can hold you riveted to it, and all you want to do is just dive in and just see what it's all about, see where the passion lies and why she's pa- she or he is passionate about it. And that's one of the things we love with, that we try to bring here on Let's Chat, the feels our guest passion, because I don't think if you really pursue anything without passion, Lisa, you really put your all into it. Right, Absolutely. Absolutely, and it, we'll we'll talk a little bit because I want to talk about predictability. You know, people always say you don't want a book to be predictable. I think you want a little bit of predictability in your books because mm-hmm. really you want to cause your reader to interact with themselves. Mm-hmm. I know it sounds crazy, mm-hmm. right? Right, but you do. <laughs> you want your reader to sit there like, girl, she got that baseball bat. She about to hit him. You better hit him. You what you mean? You didn't hit. Him. She did not hit him. You want your reader talking. You want your reader engaged. in that book. You want them engaged mm-hmm. in every word mm-hmm. that you're writing. If it's a hot scene, if it's a sex scene, if it's spicy, you want them fanning themselves. You want them trying to read at the stoplight. You want them in that book. You want them in that page, in those pages. You want them to feel whatever it is you're trying to write. And mm-hmm. you got to have a little bit of predictability. Just a little bit, not a lot, but a little bit of predictability, right? And in books, right. we all, we're always positioning ourselves. You know, authors are always positioning us readers in these positions and situations. We're positioned with the characters. And in life, mm-hmm. that's part of our topic today is watch your positions. Um, because I think everything you do is done, has to be done strategically, uh-huh. And you have to position yourself. You have to position yourself right. before you even get where you want to be. So you have to watch right. and pay attention to where you are, what you're doing, and why it is that you're doing it. And when you don't uh-huh. know why, then it's time to do something else. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. It's, it's time uh-huh. to switch up. But you have to think about the where you want to be, what you want to do, and then you have to think about where am I at right now? Why am I here? Uh-huh. Why am I doing this? Why am I doing that? Is that going to get me where I need to be over here? Mhm. That's true. And and if you're writing a book, sometimes whatever you're doing is portrayed in how people perceive you. You know, they may see the lack of passion or they may see the uncertainty or the the misguidedness and that may not be the actual feeling that you want portrayed about you because you want to feel confident in what you're doing. You want your 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 audience or your 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 people to be confident in you and what you're doing. So a lot goes into trying to get to that finish line and confidence is up there for me, Leash. I just have to feel confident because it makes me going in knowing that even if I come up against a bump, I'll be able to get through it and be stronger for it. Absolutely. You know, I always say, you know, you love your position, but you always plot your promotion. You never stay stagnant. Never. I call it hovering. You know how helicopters hover. If you get into a position in life and you find yourself just hovering over one spot, then that's a problem. You don't want to get comfortable. You don't want to hover because if you're hover, hovering, it means you're in a comfort zone. If you're in a comfort zone, there's not a lot of growth going on there. You're just mm-hmm. chilling. You know what I'm saying? But I'm excited because mm-hmm. we have our our fabulous guest, um, author, producer, and journalist, Georgia Dawkins. She wrote a book, and it was really about positioning. 
Um, mm-hmm. And I'm excited to hear about her, her thought process behind that book, her experiences around that book. So we're going to bring her on in the chat room, let her kick in the chat room doors. Hey, how are you? Hi. Hi. <laughs> Happy Thursday, Friday Eve. Turn up. <laughs> that works. That works. Welcome to the chat room, girl. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I've been listening like, oh, snap, do I need, do they need me? Y'all, I'm like, you need me. <laughs> yeah, we need you. We, so need you. we need you to talk that talk with yes, us because you've got yeah. this book going on, and you always, even on your, your Instagram, you're always dropping some sort of life jewel, and you always use yourself as an example, but it's always a life jewel being dropped where people can learn and kind of take a, a, a way a time to reflect on themselves and why they're doing what they're doing. And do I need to change my footsteps too? I, I, I was feeling mm. that video mm. you did. I was like, that video was everything. She done talked to about five million people. They weren't listening, but she was talking to them. Ooh, <laughs> ooh, they weren't listening. They weren't listening. That happens so. I, I mean, a lot of times we're not listening. A lot of times we're just too busy being offended to catch mm-hmm. the message. You know. Or, you know, it could be an offense or it could be a, a jealousy or I, what I know for sure in my Oprah voice is that, you know, you can't really, you can't celebrate someone else. You can't celebrate evolution if you don't know who you are. If you don't know what your purpose is, if you don't know what you're passionate about, if you don't know where you need power, then you're not going to be happy and you're not going to be fulfilled yeah. and you're not going to be good for the people around you. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that really speaks to the importance of, you know, why we got to be in the right position, you know. Absolutely. Now tell us about your book. What made you sit down and decide to, to write it? We're going to start off with the book first, and then we're going to go into your, your fabulous uh, journalism and, and producing um, background. But we're going to talk about this book because it's very important. Uh, that we we get this out here because these readers need this. Everybody needs it. Thank you. I don't think people don't. We don't pay attention. I'm gonna say we because at some point in time in your life you don't pay attention to where you're doing, where you are, and why you're doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Until something happens yeah. and you look up like, dang, I don't wasted all this time. But you really wasn't worrying about wasting time when you was comfortable. Right, right. So like ever since college, I. I have always looked for opportunities that made me uncomfortable uh, because I heard a guy say one time, you know, that's when you grow. When you look for opportunities that make you uncomfortable, that's when you know you're growing, you know. So I've always just wanted to grow. But speaking to the book and the why of the book, initially I, I started writing this book in 2016 after going through a very traumatic seven days. Um, I went through a breakup seven days later. I was laid off from my job, and I was just like, what am I supposed to do now? Like, I've worked my my butt off trying to get uh, to this position, and Uh I've I've been forced out. So I would just just go to the coffee shop, and I would just start writing. And before I started writing the book, I wrote the purpose of the book. And I wrote that this book will not only heal me, but it will heal other people. So I knew what the purpose was out the gate. But Uh two years passed, and I only had 2,500 words. And I didn't realize that until January 
when my work environment changed, my life, everything around me became uncomfortable, like I was being forced out, like the, the, the pimple had come to a head, and it was, it was white, and it was time, mm-hmm. and it was ready, you know, and that's mm-hmm. where I was in my life. So God told me that I had to finish the book, that he wasn't going to give me anything else until I finished the book. He put mm. me on a deadline. Like, and I wrote this book in eight days. Like I said, I had 2,500 words. I went away for a writing retreat for nine days, and by the eighth day, I had 18,000 words. Um, I left the retreat with uh, more than 20,000. Um, I think the, the final count is like 25,000 words. But going from just 2,500 words of writing every now and then, you know, just to say, yeah, I'm working on a book. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm writing a book. But I wasn't mm-hmm. getting anywhere. So I had to be forced out of these environments, of these uh, situationships, so that I could be in the right position to finish my book. Mm. That's a journey. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> we'll wow. Call it a journey today. I'll be calling it some other stuff on other days, but <laughs> yes, it's, it's a journey for sure. Mm-hmm. So how it's you just dropped it, and so how are people uh, gravitating to your pen? Um, it's kind of crazy. Like I've been getting messages from all over, people saying. I read your book on the way home. Like I had a friend who came from Memphis, Tennessee, just to give me a hug and get her book, and then she left. She didn't even stay for the program. And on the way back to Memphis, um, her partner drove, and she she finished the book. So she called with her review. Then I got a text today from someone else who said, I started reading your book on the plane, but I had to put it down because I couldn't stop crying. And I was like, And wow. my favorite review uh, so far has come from my friend Sarah Reyna, who flew in from Lafayette, Louisiana, to interview me during my book release at the Vault in Atlanta, the Vault Art Gallery. And mm-hmm. she came out with these Diane Sawyer, Oprah, Barbara Walker questions. And I'm like, yo, like, calm down. But she read the book twice. And she mm-hmm. had her favorite chapters outlined. And at the end of that interview, she said, this book restored my faith. And that just about took me out because I didn't, mm. I knew that it, that it was a powerful tool. I knew that my story, I know that my story is powerful, that I go through things not just for me, but so that I can tell other people, you're going to make it. And this is how, this is how mm-hmm. you're going to make it. So mm-hmm. I definitely trust trust the process when it comes to that. But so far the reviews have been great. Like it's scary because I'm kind of waiting on the girl. I hated it. You know, I'm waiting <laughs> on the don't buy this book. You know, and I think that's just a mental hurdle um, that so many of us have to get over. That self sabotaging. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm trying to just stay in a, a positive place and celebrate the reviews as they come in and not even more so than celebrating the reviews. I'm celebrating the people who are finding their purpose because they read the book. Cause that's what it's about. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Wow. Well, let's chat. You have a great concept that goes behind um, reviews. See, as readers, your first 20 reviews are always friends, families. And they always five stars because, mm-hmm. you know, your friends and the family, they're not going to give you nothing bad. But mm-hmm. as you get more reviews, even like a 
go and I look at a book and it's an author I don't know. I look at the one-star reviews first. My job mm. doing that and the purpose of doing that is to see, did you put that person in their feelings? Are they giving the author one star because it was the grammar was bad or the editing was horrible or the the formatting was mm. off? Or are they giving them um, a one star because I didn't understand why this happened and why did you do this? What happened here? And I, I was missing this stuff. That means that they were engaged to a point to where you had them in their feelings because you didn't take it in the direction that they wanted them to go. They wanted to right. go. And I think that you always there you always gotta have the reader um interacting with themselves. Like there's always gonna be that preset expectation of what they think you should have written. And then when right. it doesn't uh-huh. fit that now they're in their feelings because you didn't do what they expected you to do or you didn't say it how they expected you to say it. But they were listening. And that's what I look for when I look at a one star with you. Did you put the reader in their feelings? If you did, then I'm going to buy the book because that tells me that yeah. I'm going to enjoy it. Wow. That and then for my own opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would never think to start there. Like, I don't want to read those. I'm afraid of what negativity may come, you know, but I'm at a better place now to where those comments or those spirits don't seep in like they used to. Like, I have a much better uh, guard. Um, spiritually, mentally, so that people don't get to me like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, know Georgia too. and Leisha, not only with books do I do that. This is Tony, Georgia. We try to differentiate between the two because we've been told we sound so much alike. But not only with the books that I've purchased. <laughs> I know, right? Like, who am I closest to now? But not only with the books that I purchase, but with any product that I may be purchasing. Sometimes I don't mm. necessarily go to those four and five stars. I go to the one and two because then you kind of get a feel between, like we said, the first ten or so may be your friends. But then you get into the nitty-gritty of true reviews, and you see that sometimes it may just be something I don't want to call their review petty or maybe just a pref- a personal preference, but you kind of get like midway. You kind of get midway yeah. on how you really, really want to, how you really want to take the reviews themselves. And it's not yeah. just with books, but I do that with any product that I might be purchasing. Well, you just taught me something. I'm definitely going to start doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, you have your book written, but before you sat down to write your book, you actually had such a fulfilled um, journalistic career, produ- producing. How did how did all of that start taking place? So you you got out of college, and what what made you want to go into journalism? Oh, it started way before college. I started writing. I've always been a writer. Like I was the kid who would make my cousins be in a group with me. Like, now we singers, and I'm the, I'm the lead, and I'm going to write all the songs and choreograph. <laughs> so it kind of started there. And then, like, that was, like, third grade. By fifth grade, I was doing the Tropicana Speech Contest, and I was like, oh, people are really entertained by this stuff that I'm just making up. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. by 12, I knew exactly where I was going to college, Florida A&M University, and I knew exactly what I would major in broadcast journalism. And 
that it really uh, what helped to shape that was uh, my family. My uncle graduated from FAMU from the School of Journalism and Graphic Communication, and I wanted to do what he was doing. I want to I want to travel. I want to write um, because that was the only thing I knew about journalism. And mm-hmm. as I made my way through grade school, I learned so much more about the industry and realized I can be anything. I can be in front of the camera, behind the camera, uh, but most importantly, I want to be the one telling people what to do. I want to, I mean, that's just what I do best is boss people around. So according to my brother, he said, Georgia, you've been telling people what to do your whole life, and now you finally get paid for it. We're so proud of you. <laughs> now, I was I was thinking about that B word when you were saying that that bossiness that you We you don't say boss together. Yeah. We say influencer. I'm in charge. You're right. You're a natural influencer. Definitely. You're not bossy. You're just you. a natural influencer. And he listens because he knows that you are an influencer. That's all that is. He knows better. He knows. He's my older brother, but I, I tell him what to do. I influence him. Um, In other so words, watch your position. Exactly. Yeah. And sometimes we switch positions. Come on, somebody. You got to be able to, right you now. Be able to switch. <laughs> You got to be able to switch it up so that you can receive, you know, with and through, you know. Um, but going to FAMU definitely set the foundation for my career. I joined the National Association of Black Journalists before um, I was even officially a student. I didn't even have a schedule yet, but I had a membership because mm-hmm. I knew what the plan was. And so once I got to campus, I volunteered for everything. I did radio, I did newspaper. Um, TV, of course, uh, but I was mm-hmm. willing to do anything to get the experience. Um, mm-hmm. Then I did mm-hmm. my internships, and after that first unpaid internship, I said, "Oh no, God, this is not mm-hmm. this is not what you called me to do. <laughs> I, I shall not be broke, and <laughs> I, I just I can't do this. I, not again, not another year." And I was a freshman, so I had a long way to go. But by 2008, my sophomore year. I got a fellowship with ABC News in New York, and that opportunity um, allowed me to write, uh, produce for World News with Charles Gibson, World News Tonight. I also got to write for ABCNews.com and Good Morning America. And I'm like, Uh never been to New York City before, from a small town in Florida, like, complete culture shock. I was so uncomfortable, (laughs) but I grew so much that summer. I mean, mm-hmm. oh, I just, even looking back, you'll read about it in the book, but even looking back on it now, it's like, wow, I was so uncomfortable. I felt mm-hmm. like, in, in a city like New York, um, mm-hmm. but definitely those opportunities that I got through FAMU and through NABJ, um, I, I say that they are responsible for every bullet point on my resume, you know, next to God mm-hmm. and being highly favored and whatnot. But those networks, are just, I, I can't compare it to anything. It, it, that love that I got from my HBCU and, the, and black journalists from around the country definitely uh-huh. helped shape who I am. Right. Mm. And they play a key role in, in, in how, you know, you continue to shape yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, and we're going to fast forward to uh, Sister Shuffle. So how did that come about? You you had all these great things, um, being a producer, 
and 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 doing your thing, even though you were uncomfortable in New York, you were still doing what you had to do to get where you were trying to go. So how does Sister Circle Thank come you. about? So um, that show came about after I went to break up and the layoff, and I was in one of the darkest, deepest depression uh, episodes of my life. Like I never wanted to die more than I wanted to die during those six weeks um, of being unemployed and just trying to figure things out and trying to do all the interviews in the world. And then one day I got an email from an anchor who I used to work with at another market, and it was like, hey, looking for freelance producers in Atlanta. And she was sending me the message through her mentor, like, you know, just trying to reach a bunch of people. So I was Mm -hmm. in Tampa at the time, but I I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. And I sent the lady my resume, and we talked every week for eight weeks until she finally said, I have the budget, you you have the job. And the job was to produce the pilot episode. And I got to be so involved, and I was like, God, why, why? And it's such a small staff, um, very abnormal. There were like four of us, and I was like the only full-time producer. So I did everything mm-hmm. from scouting talent to producing their auditions to producing the content for the pilot episode and booking for the pilot episode and also securing the audience, the ballet, the catering. I played Mm -hmm. every role, every role. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. the pilot was over. And I was like, okay, I've picked up my whole life and moved to Atlanta for a fraction of my worth. What do I do now? And then God put me back in And I said I would never work in news again. Then he gave me this job at NBC with a check. And so I followed the check. And it was like the best job that I, it's the best newsroom I've ever worked in. Like I love them so much. And I never thought I would be able to say that about a newsroom. So in that season, God gave me redemption for the very thing I said I would never go back to. And nine months later, Sister Circle got the green light. And I got to be a part of the initial hires. Like I was the first person they brought on a team and trained everybody and just made magic for seven months until God told me, this was your dream job. I've always dreamed bigger dreams for you. And you have to go. You have to go because there's nothing else you can put in it and there's nothing else you can get out of it. And I was like, listen, bro, like, this is pretty, like, dramatic. Like, I just announced this seven months ago. People are really excited. Like, come on, like, give me some time. And he said, if you stay too long, it can be catastrophic. If you don't move and I tell you to move. And once I realized that people's lives were on the line, that my life was on the line, I had to go. And it was one of the scariest things I've ever done, but I'm more afraid of God <laughs> than I am of, you know, my own missteps. So I had to go. Right. Wow. And it's so I funny. Be... I actually posted that earlier today. I posted that, you know, you'll say and feel and do things that other people won't understand. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we have to sit back and stop looking for their understanding and their approval. And like you said, when God tells you to move your feet, you move, even if other mm-hmm. folks move with you. You got you to gotta move. He'll surround you with the right people after you get where he told you to be. 
And sometimes you're, mm-hmm. it's just not meant for them to understand or approve. It's only meant for you to understand. And But we spend so Girl. much time explaining ourselves <laughs> to other people it. opposed to just doing what we do. Yeah. Yeah, and people aren't going to get it. And we have to get to a place. Um, it, I don't know if you guys know Lyris. She was on um, Project Runway, uh, first mm-hmm. plus size model. Um, she she was incredible. I had her on the show one day, um, a few weeks before I left, and she said to me, you have to stop looking for the blind to approve your vision. Mm. They can't see what you see. And I was like, yo, this is so crazy. Like, once I, like, made up in my mind that I was going to follow the voice of God and walk away, he started sending all these people with confirmation, like, yes. These guests don't know me, but when you encounter a familiar spirit, a kindred spirit, Mm -hmm. then you know that you can freely communicate to that spirit. So, you know, thank Mm -hmm. God I was in a good place to receive that from her. And I think I wrote her the other day just to thank her, like, do you remember when you said this to me? Because I'm still leaning on your wisdom from that moment. I'm still leaning Mm -hmm. on your wisdom from the people God sent to give me confirmation. Because sometimes I do forget the why. Sometimes I lose my courage. I, I don't I don't feel strong every day. I don't feel like God is really telling me to do this, you know, like, oh, okay. I have that self doubt. That's only human, you know, to have that self doubt. Yeah. But you're aware of that you do have it. Absolutely. So I'm just I'm really grateful for for those opportunities and those people who have come through. But everybody's not going to get it, and most importantly, everybody can't go. They cannot go. Uh, One of the things I learned while writing this book is um, I didn't know who I was. Like I I I know who people think I am. I know who I try Mm -hmm. to be sometimes, but I didn't know who I was and who God really called me to be. I was running from that. I didn't. I don't want to be a light. That's why I chose to be a producer. I'm behind the scenes. I will mm-hmm. light things up from behind the camera. And God kept pushing me in front of the camera and in front of audiences and speaking and these opportunities. And, and who am I to say I don't deserve it? Who am I to say I'm not qualified? Mm-hmm. So that is something that I learned to embrace. And while I didn't know who I was, everybody else knew, even if, they chose to take advantage of my gifts. They knew exactly mm-hmm. who I was and who God called me to be. And those people were distractions, and those people had to go. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You, you called it noise. I thought would be <clears throat> right. The noise, the people who I thought would be on the front row of my success had to leave the room. Mm. Mm. Wow. Powerful what you said. I actually had to write it down. Stop letting the blind <laughs> approve your vision. Girl, that's powerful. Mm. It is. That's why I have to go back to it. I have a whole quote board. I just I try to catch things as they come. Like I take a lot of notes because I believe I'm a student of life. And I got to catch everything that I can. And the best way for me to do that is with my words. For someone else, it may be with their art. Someone else, it may be music. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's those words. I got to write it down. I don't want to forget this moment. 
Mm-hmm. I'm known for taking notes too. Leisha always like, I know T over there taking. Yeah, she takes. She takes notes. She takes the notes. Yes, she does. I always look back and I say, now T, that she was saying something or he was saying something about such and such. She go right to her notes. Yep, he yes. said. Yes. So she is great with taking Don't the notes. Don't tell me. I got receipts. This is what you had said. Uh huh. <laughs> on on the on the day in question. Absolutely. Uh huh. And yeah. I date my page. four o'clock. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> now, I want to step into the book a little bit because, you know, uh, being readers, you know, the the one thing mm-hmm. about being a reader, we're book bougie here. Yeah, we are. Uh-oh. Um, We used to be ashamed Uh-oh. and be like, you know, we book bougie. But we are. We're very book bougie here. And I'm more bougier than T because she's an editor, so she has an editing eye. So she'll give you a good 20 pages. Me, I'm going to give you five mm. pages. After five Uh-oh. pages, if you ain't got me, I can't finish it. And and I can mm. tell, um, like, within five pages of reading the book, you can tell where the author is going to go. You can tell mm-hmm. if the middle of the book is all over the place. You can actually tell from the synopsis. But I love your first line. Getting into position requires a lot of mental preparation. Boom, you got me on the first line. Now I want to read. I want to read about it. You know what I'm saying? I I like that. I like that where -hmm. where at that first line you you just say, I'm Georgia, and boom, I'm about to snatch you up, and you're about to be all up in here. Uh Uh-oh. Gather them up. (laughs) Come on, edges. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, you got, to have, you. you got to be able to gather. You got to gather them in that in that beginning, and you did. You you gathered them up because right there, it's like getting in position does require mental preparation. Can you talk a little bit about mm-hmm. that and why you made that your first line? Uh, I struggled so much. I actually wrote the book backwards. So my editor mm-hmm. came mm-hmm. in and made sense of everything, and I didn't even realize these were my words. All she did was change the structure, you know, made it a little co- a little more cohesive. But that is that is the hurdle. I, I was just telling my Facebook audience yesterday, I am my problem. I am my problem mm. because I get in my head and I distract myself. Like I'm really good at finding distractions. Like I'm a professional. I will download an app that I don't care about in a minute, uh, waste time on a date. You know, like, time, you, you can't get back. They ain't really making no more time. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know where you going to get this from. Like, so I am really good at psyching myself out. And mm-hmm. once I make up my mind to do something, I'm unstoppable. You can't, you can't mm-hmm. do nothing with me because my mind is made up. Mm-hmm. And that's what had to happen with this position. I had to make up in my mind, make up in my heart, make up in my spirit that it's time. It's time for Georgia. It's time for this mm-hmm. book. It's time for me to share my purpose. God told me, you're not just a television producer. You're a purpose producer. I can find the purpose in anything. I don't just do TV. Like, I, can, I write bios. I work on websites. Like, I find the purpose. And in order to help other people, I got to use my gifts to help them birth their dreams. So I had to move. I can only help Mm -hmm. so many people in that position. Now I can go all over the world. I can't do anything. Mm -hmm. 
alright, alright, alright. Yeah. You better talk that. Alright, alright, alright. Yeah. That came out of nowhere. <laughs> we like we say that when we do that when somebody says something or they do something. It's like you better talk that talk right there. A lot of people needed to hear that. They might not have been listening when you said it clearly enough to understand that you was talking to them, but you was talking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you woke them up. Mm-hmm. They might have fell asleep for a minute. Now they back. <laughs> <laughs> and like, what I miss? What I miss? Uh oh. Run it back. <laughs> That's right. That's so you, right. You mentioned that you do a whole lot of other things. Tell us about your production company. Oh, Sunny Girl. I love Sunny Girl Productions. Like, that was something that God had waiting for me. It was waiting for me. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't even know. I didn't even know that that was a thing. Um so Sunny Girl Productions, we produce purpose. Me being the purpose producer, that is what I'm looking for. We don't take every project. We do everything from branding videos to documentary uh, documentaries. I just finished um, a pilot for a real estate show, but we look for the purpose. Who is this going to help? What is it? What is the action that we want them to take as a result of this product? As a result of this program? How is this going to help people? How is it going to change people? How is this going to influence the world? So we don't do everything, but what we do, we do right. And what we do, we do with light. We do with love. We do with energy. I was standing outside last week, and I was a little, a lot bit depressed. And my friend was like, well, maybe you should just walk outside. And when I walked outside, you know, spring ain't really been around here in a minute. Um, mm-hmm. Spring showed up that day, and I was late to the party. I didn't even know it was warm outside, and the sun was on my face, hair was nappy, clothes, like holes in them and whatnot, because, you know, that's my mm-hmm. outfit for depression. And <laughs> as I was absorbing the sun rays, God gave me that confirmation, this is Sunny Girl. What you feel when the sun hits your face and it's just warm enough to comfort you, that is mm-hmm. what we do. That is the programming that we are here to produce. Mm. Wow. That's powerful. And also just knowing, you know, just knowing, not necessarily cognitively knowing, but just knowing that your purpose is to be someone else's purpose it can be empowering. It can be humbling as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I am overwhelmed often with all the projects that are coming to me, um, and I'm just like, really? Like, I want to mm-hmm. complain. I want to crawl in a corner some days, pull the cover over my head, but then I got to mm-hmm. step back and step back into gratitude and say thank you. Thank you, God, right. for trusting me. With this assignment, because you didn't give it mm-hmm. to everybody. You gave this mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. And, and it had your name in it. Really? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I'll do what I can. <laughs> but, yeah, my but relationship has grown a lot 
I say that my relationship mm-hmm. with God is my relationship with myself. The more I get to know God, the more I get to know Georgia. And the more I get to know Georgia, the more I get to know God. And we have grown so much closer in the last 90 days. Mm-hmm. It is, it doesn't even make sense. It's not supposed to make mm-hmm. sense. It's supernatural. And that's right. I just, I'm grateful. I'm grateful mm-hmm. that I get to help so many people through my writing, through my producing, through my story. Mm-hmm. That's all we have is our own, is our story. You're going to let somebody else tell your story or you're going to do it yourself. Like that was right. the main thing, like RIP scandal. But the main thing that Olivia Pope taught everybody is we got to get in front of it. We got to, we got to mm-hmm. tell it first. We got to control mm-hmm. the narrative. That was her strategy for exactly. every single client. Get in front of it. Absolutely. And that way no one can tell your story the way they want to tell it. <laughs> You're in control. Exactly. And even still, even with the book, people still want to tell my story the way they want to tell it. But I told it first. And I told mm-hmm. it best. And I am not shaken by your narrative of my life because I am the only one who has to walk mm-hmm. this walk. Absolutely. They go hand in hand. But um, this is Tony once again, George. I want to go back to from when you wrote your first word, just this first word to this book, and the, the amount of time it took you just to get the, the first 2,500 words, that whole journey. Can you tell us how much you have grown and what you found out about yourself that you may not have known had you not completed that journey? I found out that I am magical and that I am actually a superhero and I'm not just telling people that. Mm -hmm. So I normally tell people I'm a television producer by day and a superhero by night. But after I finished (laughs) that book, I was Mm -hmm. like, yo, I might actually be magical because there's (laughs) no way, there's no way that you write an entire book in eight days. No way. And even mm-hmm. down to, like, the how I finished the book, I was telling a friend about what God was doing and how God showed up and told me how to leave my job, who to call, what mm-hmm. time to call, and what to say. And she was so moved by the process that she sold a seed and paid for me to go away for nine days to finish my book just so mm-hmm. that's all I had to focus on. I have to worry about money. I have to worry about uh, people bothering me. I shut everything down, and I went to the beach, and I just wrote. I got up, and I wrote every day until I was tired. And it was mm. so it was so beautiful. It was mm. such a beautiful experience, and it was the best thing that I have ever done for myself. I gave myself time. <laughs> I'm normally mm. giving my time to people. I'm normally giving my time to the wrong people and the wrong mm. things and the wrong thoughts mm-hmm. and the wrong, you know, text messages or swipes, you know, uh, you know, I'm giving it, I'm giving so much of me and mm-hmm. I'm not reaping the benefit. Right. But the, the one thing I think I take away from what you just shared with us, Georgia, is that you were expurged. You know, you, you was able to shed a lot. Mm-hmm. And and, mm-hmm. and in return for that, you gained so much more that was more useful to you and even more useful to, to the masses that you touched with your story. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it was, oh, 
like I, it's hard to put into words. I definitely think my whole writing process is like another book or ebook or something because I designed my own writing retreat and I had a spiritual encounter and mm-hmm. I have not recovered from that. I never want to recover from that. I want to always mm-hmm. remember that I am God in human form, that I am magical, that what I have is an anointing for this call, for this assignment. Mm-hmm. Not everybody has this. That's Not right. everybody has this. They can go write a book with the same title and concept, but it will not have the anointing that my story has. That's right. Because mm-hmm. it's your story. It has your name on it, no one else's. Exactly. And your exactly. It. I love Thank you. It. Now, if we were sitting here in 2020 and we were in, interviewing you about the things that you have accomplished from this interview to that interview, some what are some of the things we'll be talking about? Oh, girl. Um, let me see. I probably, you know, 2020. I know you got it written down. Go ahead and pull it out. Some girl, I wrote that down the other day. Hold on. I don't know where. It has to be somewhere. But I am creating shows. You are, by 2020, you're going to see more shows with created by Georgia Dawkins in the credits. That's what you're going to see. You're going to probably get another book or two by 2020 um, because there's so much more in me, so much more that I couldn't put in this book that God said, no, that's for another book. Oh, okay. Noted. And I don't know what else is in 2020. Hopefully I'll be traveling again. I'll be traveling again this year because I'm going on tour. Um, and then with the book, I'm getting so many speaking opportunities that I, I will get to travel more, which is something I love to do. Um, but yeah, you're going to, you're going to know more people will know not only my name, but my purpose by 2020. I know that's right. So I have a question though. You, um, you have been a journalist, but then you sat down and you've written, you've actually made the pen bleed to get your, your Mm -hmm. soul onto paper. But what is your, your favorite part of the processes because they're different processes from for journalism and writing what what is your favorite part of the process Uh, i felt like trash after i finished this book because i already knew uh they're gonna tear this up with the grammar and whatnot like because you know the ap style writing is so much different than literature and my favorite part of the process was the purge and then I learned to love the editing. I love, I lo- I'm learning to love the correction because that is what polishes the process. That is what, mm-hmm. what makes it uh, able. That's, that's what makes it taste better, <laughs> you know, going through that next phase. But the purge, the getting it out, oh, thank mm-hmm. you. Once I put something on paper, I feel better immediately. If I have a lot of thoughts in my head and I need to make a list, oh, I made a list. I am saved by grace <laughs> because I wrote it down. Mhm. Mm. And it makes them more real. <laughs> mhm. Oh. Uh, and who who was your biggest supporter when you decided to say, 
I'm I'm about to do this. Okay. It's seven months. Oh man, seven months. Okay. I I think I'm really about to do this. Who was your biggest biggest supporter through that process of making the decision and then actually moving your feet to do it? Everybody was excited about me stepping out. And my biggest supporter, my biggest influencer, I ain't even going to call her a supporter, is somebody I don't like, and that's, like, my little cousin. I can't stand her. We cannot be in the same room. We, like, it's so ugly. Like, we will just not talk for months. If I don't see it for a couple years, it's fine. But... As it became, as it came closer to that January, to January, she started saying things like, "Oh, you think you think that show's a big deal?" And I was like, um, "Excuse me, I picked up my whole entire life and relocated for this opportunity." And she said, "You can do so much better. You can do so much better than this show. Mm-hmm. Not that it's not great, but you are greater." And that was hard for me to receive because I don't like her. And if I Mm -hmm. was caught up in that spirit of offense, then I wouldn't have received what she said to me. Mm -hmm. And that's so true, though. That, that, Mm -hmm. the fact that sometimes, like you were saying, we're our own obstacle. We're our own noise sometimes. And sometimes, Mm -hmm. depending on, because we all know it's not what the person says, but how you receive it. And if you're not Mm -hmm. really trying to receive whatever it is they're saying, whether if it's good for you or not, it's gonna be it's gonna be hard to take it. It's gonna come at you in the wrong mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. So when you have to sit down and just realize that oh, Yeah. Yeah, I've been in my feelings and, and everybody know being in your feelings is a waste of time. But how did you feel <laughs> coming true. out of that process when you sat down and was like, Dag, she sure is right. I ain't going to tell her she's right, but she is. <laughs> I ain't telling her. I, she didn't know she was right till I read the book. So I, I read her a page that I wrote about her, and that's when she understood the magnitude of how God had used her in my life. Because mm. she don't like me mm-hmm. either. We do not like each other. Like, that, mm. I didn't see it coming. I never would have seen it coming from her. Now, anybody else. Of course, I expect them to encourage me and push me and motivate me, but not my arch nemesis, not not her <laughs> at all. But that goes, but that goes back to what we said at the start of the interview, and you know, I have my notes here as to you being too too you too busy being offended that you can't hear it and and you can't celebrate evolution if you don't know who you are. So you have to know who you are within yourself to right. not let that offense offend you if that makes sense because it'll exactly. only hinder you and it'll, it'll only stagnate you and it won't it'll it'll stunt your growth in other words mm-hmm. so i'm just going back to my notes sorry <laughs> come on no, come but on, it's so yes but but it's so true and by her being who she is to you you may not necessarily take it at heart at the beginning but you know that she it comes from a good place and she's saying that exactly. you are better than what it is, then sometimes you just have to look at it and take it for what it is. I want to do, I know we're running out of time because I'm a producer and I'm back timing in my head. But I wanted to go back to what you said about being in your feelings, being a waste of time. Um, I, I used to subscribe to that, you know, that mm-hmm. I got to get out my feelings, get out your feelings, get out your feelings, because I feel mm-hmm. so much. And then I realized 
that what I'm feeling is actually what makes me magical. That's my superpower, my heart. Exactly. And (laughs) you can't, you can't stay there, but while you're there, get what you need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Now, Jordan, we so appreciate you taking time out because we know you be busy over there making moves. Making those bold moves in the dark. That's what I call it, bold moves in the dark. That means people may not see you. Y'all got some good lines tonight. Bold moves in the dark. Making the pen die. That's the best move to make. (laughs) So we always like to do something fun. And so I don't know what she's going to ask you. She always come up with these fun questions. Uh I don't know what she's going to ask you, but (laughs) I'm excited. Go ahead, see. Oh, I'm scared. Oh gosh, I, I, I've been trying to figure out what ha- what angle I can come at Miss Georgia Dawkins with, but uh, she has me stumped tonight. So this is off the cuff, Georgia. So once again, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. Let me just preface that by saying it: uh, we really appreciate you spending some time out of your busy schedule to kick with us here in the chat room. But um. Your fun question, I'm just going to try to set a scenario because Leisha and I love how our guest creative juices flow on the spot. So that's why we okay. say it for last because we sometimes I don't even know what's going to come out of my mouth. <laughs> but we just want uh, you to set a little scene. <laughs> just set a little scene. You have come across a, a, a problem and you have to portray it to your reading audience. And the problem is that you're afraid of getting a bikini wax. So can you have you ever had one of those? Girl, yes. So here, here oh, I am. Okay, so so you know the experience. Now you just have to you you're reading us they're going on this awesome retreat, a writing retreat. It's one one that you've been on, but one of the things is you have to get a bikini wax, a Brazilian. So set the scene and let them know, get over that first pull. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, okay, so I'm, I'm this is, as you're writing, writing a story. You can give them okay. a little, sending them an email or however you want to send it. Well, I'm going to send a couple YouTube links just to kind of prepare mm-hmm. them so they can see what people are going through. Then I'll write a little mm. bit about my experience. Girl, your hands don't sweat, your feet don't sweat, and some other stuff don't sweat too. And that might be a problem. <laughs> They're going to hit you with mm. some baby powder, all right? They're going to try to calm it down. But uh, mm. it's not going to stop because you're going to be nervous. And then the, the wax is going to come, and it's going to be hot, and you might cry a little bit, shed a little thugs here, but that's all right. That's all right. You keep talking to your little wax lady and hope that she distracts you. Um, now, when they ask you to bend over, girl, that's, that's when it's going to get real. You're going to want to hold on to something. You're going to want to pray for a minute. You may even want to put in your headphones and listen to something real distracting because this is the worst part of the experience. But once it's over, your life will have changed forever, and you will never want to go back to the old way of razors and nair because you're better than that now. Now you have a brand new vagina, and you're welcome. <laughs> All right, girl. You took it right there. That's a sensitive subject, y'all. It's a sensitive subject. I hate it so much. 
She got to send me a video first. Mm-mm, I don't think I want to do that, no child. Look, okay, but seriously, look, I wanted to get my breast lifted, and I know y'all, this TMI, but it's just us. You know, we, we got a red because we just sleep here. It's just us. So I want to get my breast lifted, and I want to get my tummy done. And I like to watch Mama June Not to Hot. And on mm. that particular show, it showed the process, like the whole thing. It got me right on together. I was like, that's okay. I don't need mm-hmm. it that bad. Mm-hmm. It got me right mm-hmm. together because I cringed. And then once I went from cringing, my face screwed up. I was like, oh, Jesus. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I said, well, what's the purple stuff? I said, that's good. See, it, a video stuff. will get you together. Yes, yeah, she had, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I don't know if she had the liposuction, but she had um, these, like, spots where it, it was, it was, the liquid would come out or it was, it was like a purplish um, mm. jelly-type something. It was nasty. When I say it was nasty, it was nasty. But it Not was like where yeah, but purple. But purple. Oh, okay. Mm. I was like, ooh, what is that? But it, it showed everything. And see, a video will get you together right quick. A video will let you know if you really want to do something. And this so is the, fact the, that the, the belly or the breast leaf, the, the purple stuff. <laughs> the purple stuff was coming from her stomach. So she had like these... Oh. Um, had like this thing. I don't know. It was like somewhere where I guess... Um, they would release whatever they put into the body because you know when they do a liposuction they put stuff in to get the fat out. Mm-hmm. So uh-huh. it's a drainage. So where they had the little drainage things, it was like a right. purplish color. It was nasty. Oh, though. it was nasty. Eat water. You just kept a whole lot of people not go through that. Yeah, you helped me uh-uh. eat water. I mean, drink water. I keep saying eat water because that's what you just did to me with this whole purple-ish that just mm-hmm. really threw my it, brain. It, it got me right. It got me right on together. That, the whole, just the visual. So when you said I'm going to send them a video first, mm-hmm. <laughs> a video will get because you Because right. I needed to see. You get so much from the video. You, you, I study facial expressions, too, because you cannot flinch. I, I have a high pain tolerance. But I'm looking for that tear. I'm looking for that thug tear. You know, I need to know how bad this is. I know that's right. I know that's right. Well, you played right along with it, and we so enjoyed having you share that experience with us as well as, you know, well, I'm just going to keep it with the girls. Ain't nobody listening. <laughs> you. We, we won't tell stay, nobody. Stay it's end. just me, you, Tony, and the listeners. That's all. We're not going to tell nobody world. out of us. They won't. Nobody. They won't tell nobody. <laughs> we so appreciate you. Before you head out of the chat room, make sure you shout out your book, shout out your your tour dates if you have them, and any of the events that you're going to be doing. Because you have an event, a blogger event coming up. Uh, yeah, next the week. bloggers blog Sunday in uh, Buckhead. Um, but everybody knows the power of being in position is available at georgiadawkins.com. That's the only place I'll ship you uh, an autographed copy from. Um, and then also you can order through Amazon. I appreciate everybody who's ordering because I just mm-hmm. don't mm-hmm. get it. 
<laughs> don't get it. Mm. But I love it. You can follow me. Look out for the tour date. Uh, at Georgia Dawkins on all social media. And also, please follow Sunny Girl Productions at Sunny Girl Pro on all social platforms mm-hmm. as well. Thank you, ladies, awesome. so much for believing Thank in us, my story um, to bring me on. This was amazing. Thank you. You're very welcome. You're welcome back anytime, Georgia. <laughs> oh, thank you. All right. Have a good night. You too. Okay, you too. Thank you. Great. I love her energy. I love her energy. I really do. She's like so down to earth and but will give it to you like real and raw and just the nicest way possible. And I love the fact Uh that she just wants to be she just feels that I'm blessed to be a blessing and she just wants to bless other people with her skills and her talent. And I just love that. I love it. Absolutely. We appreciate you guys coming to kick it with us today on the chat room. If you're just tuning in and you missed the interview, no worries. Just head over to our archives here on blogtalk.com or catch us on any podcast app. You just pull up uh, Let's Chat with Miss Tony and Leisha, and it will pull mm-hmm. up all of our shows. We are actually coming up on our 200th show. I can't believe that. 200th show, T. It's crazy. We will see y'all here (laughs) tomorrow. We will have a full house tomorrow. I'm excited. Mm -hmm. I'm excited. This has been like a great week. It really has. It has. So we we so appreciate everyone tuned in. And we will see you guys tomorrow. Absolutely. Good night. Good night, everybody. This your boy, yo, got it. Got it. Bird school. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.